Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. That's right. We're the uh, podcast explores the show The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you may ask? Well, we know that there are several other podcasts that explore the golden age, that's seasons 1 through 10, of The Simpsons. So we thought we'd explore the later seasons. Some of those seasons, of course, being over 20 years old at this point. I am half an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And I am not very good. But I want to be. So I have help. So with me, as always, is my other half annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hi, Craig. What's happening? Can I get a little bit uh, sentimental here real quick? Sure. All right. Uh, my cat died. Yeah. Like a week ago. So uh, just uh, you probably heard her on the podcast before. I think my cat. I think you heard some meows a couple of times. I, mean, I know your cat. We've heard many times. Yeah. Wally and Arma, I think their names. It was, it was, it was pretty rough last week, but, uh, you know. I'm not going to be like that guy, like maybe some people I know that uh, as soon as their pet dies, they go out and get another one like instantly to that hurt of pain of loss is gone so they can love something else that's just going to die. Steve was three weeks and we didn't <laughs> plan it. Okay. I know. I'm, there's other people, but yeah, it, it's kind of like that whole time, like, you know, when when you end a relationship or you get dumped and you try to find someone just like that or, you know, like, you know, right. You try to replace the person, but it doesn't work like that, guys. Don't replace your cats with girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, I just couldn't help but think that maybe, uh, maybe if I just took my cat to like a veterinarian that maybe maybe she'd still be here mm. if, it, uh, if i knew hey, of a veterinarian i uh can only say that uh you know you gave your cat a lot of love and care over the two decades of its life and she she's a good cat and i'm sorry for your loss i'm trying to make you sound like an asshole and segue to this episode <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, only had a veterinarian like, like if only she visited if only you had taken uh isis to uh uh, one Lisa Simpson. There you go. We can finally, sorry fans, I know you've been waiting with <laughs> bated breath. We can finally talk about Lisa the veterinarian. Before that, Steve, what are yes. you drinking? Well, Craig, I thought, um, you know, for this episode, I would be a little appropriate. And so Lisa becomes an animal doctor. So I got a beer from the brewing company Tripping Animals out of Doral, Florida. And uh, it is called the Ultimate Trip. And so uh, Tripping Animals, their packaging uh, tends to be uh, animals tripping on acid. <laughs> um, there's there, there's actually one called the El Bandito or just Bandito. And it shows a raccoon that would have been more appropriate for this episode. But it was a dry aged IPA and I didn't really want that one. So I got instead this uh, sour ale with blueberry, pistachio, vanilla and lactose uh, comes in at a cool 6%. So not, you know, normally I drink the bigger beers, mm -hmm. but uh, this one's 6%. So perfect for a hot summer day like today. And it shows a uh, pelican who is visibly wasted and he's in front of like a psychedelic scene. And uh, Craig, I'll show you in the notes some of the other images just because I think they're fun, but uh, I'll crack this open. This is a very bright red color. It smells a little funky. Ooh, ooh, that's good. It is sour, Oh, but it's really tasty. I like it. Uh, Craig, what do you got for us? Actually, this weekend, uh, I was out and about, fully vaxxed up, and went to a bar. Ooh. One of our local uh, breweries, uh, Rogue Brewing, which is fairly, I think, well-known in the 
you like microbrew community. Yeah. You can get a lot of rogue brews around the country. Uh, this one, unfortunately, you can't get anywhere. So um, I don't know why I'm talking about it. Um, but <laughs> it's just a funny name. And uh, and I liked it. So, well, as of right now, you can't. You can you can get it in like um, growlers. But they don't have a logo for like a label. Right. And it's called Strawberry Surprise Summer Ale. Yum. But it's not actually written like that. In fact, when you go to order it, they want you to say it the way it's spelled. So it's S T W A B E W Y. So Strawberry. And surprise is spelled S U P W I S E. Summer is spelled summer. So they want you to say Strawberry Surprise Summer. Strawberry Surprise Summer. It has a 6.8% alcohol. Volume coming at a nice uh, 38 IBUs. Nice. So um, I had to say, because today, as I record, the weather here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Portland metro area, decided to be like, oh, it's June 1st. Let's make it 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I thought a nice summer ale would be appropriate. I guess I should have got a a beer that had an animal in it. Would have made more sense, but uh, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, The description is pretty simple. It's here's a farmer's market inspired ale combines the easy sipping nature of summer ale mixed with the full juicy flavor of ripe strawberry. And I'll have you know, it is very refreshing and crisp. It kind of reminds me of a uh, strawberry cream candy. Do you know those ones I'm talking about? Yes, I do. They are white and uh, like a, a ribbon red ribbon swirl mm-hmm. um so what it what it kind of tastes like yeah it's like uh yeah strawberries and cream i guess that's just what it's called right yeah that sounds delightful perfect so, for a summer day here's how you can recreate here's how okay here's how you can recreate this since it's hard to find i say get one of those candies the strawberries and cream candies hard candies mm-hmm. you pop one in get any old summer ale any blonde ale that you got around <laughs> And then take a sip of that ale while you're sucking on that strawberry candy. And that's what it tastes like. Problem solved. Great. And it was it's fun. I liked it. Nice. That's my tip. I just like to give you the tip. I, that's all I want. Just that's a all, tip. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got to go back to uh, Steve's beer real quick. His his uh, the labels are they they are very cartoony and fun. I don't think they're kid friendly because it would kind of scare a kid. Yeah. And also it shows the animals being stoned, which is not that's not good for kids to see. Nope. Unless it's a cautionary tale like, oh, yeah. those that pig and that mouse are very high. I don't want to be like that, even though they do look very, very happy. Yes. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, what year are we going back to? We're going back all the way to 2016. In fact, uh, March 6th, to be exact. Uh, Craig, what was the number one movie in the box office on March 6th? Why, it's every Rule 34 artist's favorite movie, Zootopia. <laughs> is that is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I saw Zootopia. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember like the sloths worked at the DMV because they're slow. Yep, that's all I remember. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, very good one too, but yeah. I don't remember anything else about the movie. All right, Steve, what were we uh, bopping to? Well, we were bopping to the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100, which was Work by Rihanna featuring Jaha Rake. Steve, do we have a kid's bop of this? I think we just might. All right, we don't want to play the original because uh, the... Uh... Who's the people that take down music for people? Pel- oh, yes. I was going to say ASMR, but that's not right. <laughs> yeah, the ASMR crowd is going to take us down. Like the DMC, Deloitte yeah. Company. <laughs> the AARP. Yeah, the AARP is coming for us. All right, here, here's the, uh, the lovely sounds of kids. Work, 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 work. You see me with me, da, 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 da. 
tender, every word can You might gonna act like you don't like it You know I dealt with you the nicest Nobody told me you're not righteous Nobody takes me in a crisis I believed all of your dreams, adoration You took my heart and my dreams and my patience You took my heart on my sleeve for decoration You mistake my love, I brought for you for foundation All that I wanted from you was to give me Something that I never had Something that you never seen Something that you never been Wow, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like some of the uh, singers aren't good. Right. Also, some of them aren't children. They're robots? I think so, yeah. The is really annoying. Yeah, it's a weird version of kind of a weird song. Yeah. But you know what? I'm in for it. Yeah. In for a pound, out for a pounder. What? How's that go? In for a penny? Yeah. Yeah, out for a quarter pounder. That's what I said. Ooh, quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. I like it. All right, Steve. All righty. So finally, Craig, at long last, uh, yes. we're talking about Lisa the Vegetarian. No, no, Craig, stop it. Lisa the Veterinarian. So after performing CPR on a tased raccoon, Lisa discovers her calling to be a veterinarian and becomes an intern at the local office but learns a tough lesson when a neglected class hamster dies. Meanwhile, Marge moonlights as a crime scene cleaner for a little extra money and the trauma of the gory scenes makes her increasingly dead inside. Fun times. All right. Cheers to that. Cheers to you. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about Lisa the Veterinarian, the 15th episode of the 27th season. It originally aired on March 6th, 2016. It is episode 589 in the show's run. Your nerd code is VABFO8. It was written by Dan Vedder, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Dan Weber. Hey, we've already done an episode that he wrote. Oh, really? You don't remember this, Steve. It was actually uh, Thanksgiving of Horror, uh, season 31 from last year, right? Uh, two years ago, actually. Two years ago. Oh, man. And I, and I remember that's uh, one of our favorites. It was an amazing episode. Yeah. Check it out, guys. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I think so. And, you know, maybe wait till uh, Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving, not that weird Canadian version. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Dan Weber. Um, yeah, this is, this is our second episode that we are reviewing of his. He's done uh, a few more like uh, The Book Job, Frank Gets Testy, One Her One Mitigations, and Bart the Bad Guy. Duh. Also wrote on some Futurama, more than uh, Simpsons. Yeah. Done some uh, American Dad episodes, the very short-lived Napoleon Dynamite cartoon, two episodes of the live action. I don't know why I said live action. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, as opposed to the uh, claymation ba- Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Spike was good in that. I just remember uh, Joss Whedon yelling at a lot of the uh, clay figures, telling <laughs> them that uh, he can destroy their career. And he could have <laughs> just smashes them, you know. Yeah, or just walking away because they can't move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he did three episodes of Daria. That's fun. Two episodes of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Isn't oh. Why do I feel like Space Ghost... Or Daria supposed to be coming back? Maybe both? Yeah, I think uh, I think Space Ghost would do well in this day and age. I mean, you just do the same thing. You know, now you just have different... Uh, you just have like TikTok stars. Yeah. And Daria probably might come back in the form of uh, when uh, Beavis and Butter comes back. It's true. And for, I might... No, I might be making this up. I want to say that there was a talk of a Daria reboot where she's an adult. Maybe. But I don't know if I made that up or not. <laughs> 
That's so weird. I was just thinking like this today with uh, uh, this is our 20 minute talk before we get to the Simpsons. Sorry, guys. Sure. About how a lot of our favorite things, instead of like doing like reboots now, it's just like continuations. But, you know, 20 years later, because you got Cobra Kai, which is, you know, from Karate Kid, which is, you know, continuing the story, not like redoing it. And then you have uh, yeah, who, what else is there? Um, well, you got your Fuller House, the Fuller House, the, the new Mighty Ducks show that's on Disney Plus is a continuation of Emilio Estevez's character. We also have Girl Meets World, uh, Gilmore Girls. I mean, you're really even thinking about it too, like like Star Trek Picard, you know? We get to see mm-hmm. you know what Picard's up to 20 years later. Uh, everyone's doing it. Oh, oh, Kevin Smith is even taking like Masters of the Universe, the 80s cartoon, and continuing it. It's not like a new series. It's a continuation of the classic filmation huh. 80s cartoon that's going to be on Netflix. So if you were to take any show... Or something from our childhood, even older, like, and continue it into present day. Ooh. Like, uh, like you know, Alf. What's Alf doing? That's a good one, actually. Remember Alf? He's back in pod form. Because you, you just know. said Daria. I mean, that's like, I mean, if you didn't, if you, if that's not a real thing, you coming up with Daria as an adult would be great. Yeah, because like maybe she doesn't have, like she has a career that is maybe less uh, artistically fulfilling, but she's almost, know, she, yeah, like uh, yeah. almost like a, just a, an office job. Right. They could literally just redo the office but with daria she's the new gem looking at the camera not saying anything (laughs) Um, okay so here's my pitch for a continuation i want to redo small wonder so vicky is the same robot as she's always been still a little girl right right and but now she's been around for 30 years 35 years or whatever but she's never been like updated so she's among like other technical things that are way more advanced than she is (laughs) and she's still working in like 1985 (laughs) like floppy disks and like ticker tape (laughs) like your iphone or your android phone is way more intelligent (laughs) right she's got siri to deal with or alexa yeah that's pretty good so who are you gonna cast steve i know you know a lot of uh little redhead girls steve don't type in underage redhead girls (laughs) on your google yeah i'll I'll skip that i'll just uh... and because aren't they doing like i was gonna say i'm surprised you didn't say gremlins but gremlins is doing the same thing yeah it's true Um, i'll just go with ellie kemper there you go i would go with uh let's see what show would i take well because fraser's coming back i would like to do a a cheers oh yeah even night court's doing it jeez every show yeah I think the only show from my childhood that's not coming back is Quantum Leap. And I'm surprised they haven't like done a Quantum Leap reboot. Because that's that one's easy to do because it's so simple. It's, yeah. And probably maybe it's like budgetary because like, you know, they gotta do period costumes. Yeah. Steve, don't make that joke. Um, I wasn't going to. <laughs> I was going to. You know, and then you gotta figure out what, you know, what is it a continuation or just a reboot. But um, oh, you know which one I would do? I would do Batman 66, the Adam West show. Ooh, fun. It would be like set now. But uh, but it's continuing like uh, uh, what's his name? Robin. He's still alive. Uh, 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 Burt Ward. Burt Ward. Yeah. So I'd make him the new like Commissioner Gordon. Ooh, I like that. Or no, no. He'd be the new Alfred. So he like owns Wayne Manor. But there's like two new kids that are Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Batwoman or, you know, Rob woman or bad X <laughs> or person X. Yeah. Yeah. Bat- Robin X. But but then you, you do the fun thing, like make it. Make it like an HBO Max, whatever, and but it's on like two nights a week because it's on twenty minutes each. They like same time, same next back channel. They, so you still do that, right. and all like the new villains, like son of Joker, son of Riddler, son of Catwoman. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, but, but you also cast like yeah, actors that are like kind of like not as popular as they used to be because that's kind of what the Batman villains were too. Like Caesar Romero wasn't as Caesar Romero back in the sixties. You know, right? Like it would be stars that were stars like in the 
90s or early 2000s so you'd have yeah, like, you get like cast members from 90210 sure you get like matthew lillard or something as a villain <laughs> shannon elizabeth as you know Catwoman, or you know like yeah the people you don't really see anymore i think i go for that all right i like so that That's i'll fun. do batman 66 but it'll be like batman 2066 <laughs> But it takes place in now. Right. Hey, tell us what show you would want to continue at oh, yeah. Simpsons at gmail.com. All right. Let's All right. continue. So uh, <laughs> talk about the Simpsons. let's get done with that boring stuff and let's get down some trivia. <laughs> the, the title is a reference to the season seven episode, Lisa's the Vegetarian. Also, a veterinarian is a person qualified to treat disease or injured animals. Hey, Steve, we have a couch gag it, I, as it starts out. It's actually uh, a Bill Plimpton. Ooh. Uh, we teased that last week. So it's the fourth Bill Plimpton, and it's called Romance. I guess it's just, you know, you see uh, the TV there mm-hmm. on the couch, or the TV's all like wanting to bang the couch, I guess, right? Seems to be. Uh, but then the TV dies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so- they dream of fucking, and then, the yeah, he <laughs> tries to do it, and they get some plugged. <laughs> Isn't that life? I like the animation a lot. It was uh, fun. Yeah. It reminds me of... Uh, like uh, Rugrats. Yeah, that's what exactly what I was thinking. Like or maybe Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like the golden age of Klasky Cupsco or whatever it is. Yeah. It's weird not seeing uh, the Simpsons in a uh, couch gag. Like they're that's not even true. present. Yeah. I don't know if it's one of the first, or it's probably one of the few ones that doesn't have uh, the guy Homer or the lady Marge. Or the children, Brett, <laughs> Liza, and Magoogie. It's short and sweet. And uh, here we go. On to the show, Steve. It starts out, um, you know. Like every episode at a uh, water park. Sure. Indoor water park. It's called uh, Chlorine Dreams. Fun. It's formerly the uh, Springfield Museum of Art. And the uh, Simpsons enter and Homer has high hopes for the park while uh, Marge appreciates it, you know, because she's a mother, Steve. I know. Wow, an indoor water park. Hopefully this will put the final nail in the coffin of lakes and rivers. Well, as a mother, I all know you're a mother. As a mother, I like that wherever I look, I can see a lifeguard. That um, water park is pretty fancy looking. Forgive my ignorance. Are indoor water parks like a thing that people have? Yeah, we, uh, we have one in the uh, Portland metro area. Oh. In the right. town of Clackamas. Ah, uh, yes. Off That's the nice. Sunnyside Road. Oh, right. I think it's around there. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you if you've ever been to an indoor water park. I don't think I have been. I, I'm not very much into water sports. Um. <laughs> you know who was? Who's that? President 45, President 42, President 37, President 12, President uh, 9 through 1. Yeah, and don't forget 16. Oh, yeah. He used to pee in his hat. <laughs> he used to get a gallon in there. <laughs> <laughs> so one opened up in uh, the town of Clackamas, Oregon, oh, geez, man, or the early 90s. And I remember uh, someone from my school was having a uh, a birthday party. God, this is, must have been elementary school. It's either elementary or maybe, yeah, probably. Anyways, uh, so we were invited and uh, I got in trouble, Steve. Oh no, what'd you do? Yeah, I did the uh, one thing you're not supposed to do in, in water park, Steve. Okay, well, two <laughs> things you're not supposed to do. Did you run and expose yourself? Uh, I did the, uh, the, the latter. Oh, did you do the watch trick? <laughs> Oh wait, ladder means the la- last. The thing. last one. Yeah. You did <laughs> no, the I, I ran, Steve. I ran in the water park. You know what happened oh, to me? Oh boy, what happened? Uh, I was scared because a lifeguard stopped me, and and I had to stand 
in front of the uh one of the water slides and tell kids not to run for like oh god 15 minutes that's so humiliating it is and i just like realized it now as an adult i'm like i don't know how old i was uh i'm like you know the lifeguard was probably a teenager and i'm taking orders from a teenager i should have been like right oh, fucking cop go fuck yourself <laughs> I mean, I could have been kicked out, but what are they going to do? I'm like, they can't kick me outside. The right. Kid, what are they going to the kids? I'm going to yeah. sit there and just eat pizza and watch them swim around in urine. <laughs> I mean, I I think I had fun. I remember there was a cool like wave machine thing. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't like water parks for the fact that one indoors, it just, Ugh. again, yeah, pee everywhere. And like, just, I, I, I prefer ocean water or, or lake water yeah i know there's like fish pee and poop but that's more natural though yeah but i don't like uh that kind of water either so no yeah just uh just give me a private pool steve on top of a cliff <laughs> those infinity pools yeah those, that's uh, like fun that the rich people like to go on in i just want a jacuzzi well you know who has a jacuzzi hmm? the simpsons i probably did at some point yeah did they ever do that episode i think they did oh, you're right they become like swingers probably yeah uh, if, if, if it's not, it's coming season 33. Yeah. Um, um, I do like the fact that Bart, when Marge says, as a mother, great line. And Bart's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we all know. But uh, Marge does indeed uh, see a lifeguard. But unfortunately, it's bus driver Otto, who's too busy vaping to see Ralph, who drowns uh, whilst attempting to be finding Nemo. Uh, the dim-witted child uh, then sinks to the bottom of the pool and is ejected from a pipe outside where he shouts, I saw heaven! So back inside the water park there, Steve, several kids are climbing up ladders to reach the top of the uh, skydive attraction. The uh, the jump from the diving board uh, <laughs> is a really graphic scene. They all hit their head on the low ceiling, leaving blood marks on the ceiling, and then they land in the water, and they're heads continue to bleed out probably causing uh years of brain damage yeah what do we got there we got so dark. Uh, it was very dark because i saw the uh the blood stains on the the ceiling like the fuck <laughs> that's kind of yeah up. there's a lot of gruesome stuff in this episode by the way yeah so it looks like we got wendell um we've got uh hibbert's second child we've got sherry or terry uh, we got lewis black that's not his name why am i bleeding and then two other kids I almost thought they looked like one of Cletus's kids or something. That's what I was just thinking, yeah. Could be. We then go to another attraction called the Blowhole Blast, where kids shoot each other with mounted water guns in the shape of dolphins. Frustrated with the game, Bart blasts his sister in the face with water. As Lisa cries out that her hair got wet when she didn't yet want it to get wet, uh, Bart then shoots Homer. Uh, Lisa then heads to the Dyson hair pointer to dry her quaff back to its classic pointy shape. I gotta say the uh, Lisa line of, uh, I wasn't ready to get wet is such a kid thing. Oh, yeah. I kind of probably said that too when I was a kid. Yeah, you're like at the pool ready to go swimming, but you don't want to get your hair wet yet. Yeah, or like someone splashes you. <laughs> Just like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kids are jerks. Yeah, they're the worst. But uh, Marge is frustrated, uh, and so she sends uh, her little kid, Bart, there to the kiddie pool. Ugh. It's called the Little Shrimp Bay. Uh, I'm surrounded by some, you know, a bunch of toddlers sitting in, you know, like that few inches of water. It's probably all piss. Bart states that, you know, he's had baths that were more exciting. Baths, Steve. Whoa. Things get uh, wild as a lifeguard drops a plastic ring in the pool. The kids clamor for it, and Bart, being much bigger and way more excited for a ring, pushes a little <laughs> twerps aside and gets that ring to himself. Just then, our favorite bullies, Jimbo Dolphin Kearney, take the plastic donut and proceed to uh, eat up Martha. Oh, sorry. Beat Stupid. up Bart. <laughs> 
my Newton notes were uh, screwed up there. And it'll happen. Meanwhile, Homer is sizing up the tubes of a water slide and realizing that he may be too girthy for the ride. That's what she said. He asks the uh, sarcastic attendant, Raphael, if they have any water slides for the gentlemen of leisurely proportions. Uh, luckily for Homer, the park specializes in extra wide, double reinforced tubing for the modern American fatso. On uh, the ride, the big and tall falls. After passing a you must be this wide to enter sign, Homer pushes past Clancy and Sarah, claiming to be a veteran of the Cola Wars, and slides down the tube through the walrus grade lucite, and then he cheers that he's exercising. Did you notice uh, comic book guy has a tattoo? It's true, he does. It's hard to see what it is. It looks like it's Bartman on a fence. (laughs) Not Batman, (laughs) Bartman. Right. It does look like Bartman. I think I actually might say Bartman in the Batman fonts rather than the fence. Oh, that's a fun little Easter egg. Steve, we found it. Yeah. Tell the internet. Hey, internet. Hello. Stop looking at porn. We found Bartman. Me too. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, that's my tattoo. Spoilers. Me too. No, we just end the podcast now. That's all people come for is what we want. Exactly. I do like that line of Homer. I'm exercising. I mean, you think about it, he's going fast. It's like running, but yeah, not moving. <laughs> yeah, it's swimming. All right. Well, Bart is waiting to join another attraction. It's the uh, Upstream Extreme, which uh, complete with mechanical prospectors yielding shotguns and animatronic eagles and bears and a gigantic frying pan where floating hand squirts lemon juice on the children. All that electronics doesn't seem safe with the water, Steve. So fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't understand the point of this water feature. You you run up it and just get splashed with water. Yeah, you swim up it. it. It's not a very high swim. And then there's this tiny slide into the frying pan. And then, yeah, the lemon just shoots water at you. And that's it. Huh. Seems, seems kind of crappy. Well, it doesn't look like you swim. Like, I think you lay there. Oh, and it just pushes you. And it you. brings you up. Actually, actually, it does look kind of fun because you get to go upstream. Yeah. Who who gets, you could swim downstream, but not upstream. Actually, this looks fun. And I feel like the uh, frying pan water is probably almost like hot tubby-esque. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And I like to actually think that is lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have like any open cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The line's pretty long for that ride, and Bart uh, didn't bother to use the uh, app to get his sa- Slam and Salmon line number. So uh, what is he, Amish, Steve? Sheesh. But he has a plan to thin out the herd. That's right. He sneaks into the control room and goes uh, to the gauges, past the gauges uh, that monitor the Band-Aid filter and the urine concentration and even past tubes of body hair. And at the uh, PA system, he makes an announcement. Attention bathers, this is Water Park President Cal A. Bunga. Do not panic, but the pools are infested with those tiny fish that swim up your wiener. (laughs) Again, do not panic. If you think a wiener fish has entered your dingus, the only cure is to roll around naked in the snow. Lou, I need a big favor from you. Oh, man, I, they don't train you for this at the academy. Well, they should. All right, Steve, I have a few questions here. Okay. Mainly just one question. What happened to Chief Wiggum's jump? I think that he might just be so uh, top-heavy that he can't see it. Okay. Like, like it's his gut uh, impedes his view, so he needs Lou to fish it out to make sure that it's okay. Like, he can't just between... stand up? That's what I'm saying. He can't see it when he looks down. He just well, sees his gut. Why does he need to see it? He can feel it in the snow. 
maybe he wants an examination to make sure that the uh, wiener fish didn't go up there. I'm just so confused. Like, what does he <laughs> need? Well, there's no fish. We know that for a fact. That's part. right. <laughs> or maybe like, you know, it's gone up inside of his body somehow. Like there's something in there. He wants Lou to suck it out. Yeah. <laughs> he also says a weird way, like a big favor. His wang is wet, right? Yeah. What if it's like the old uh, tongue on the uh, fire pole or oh. the uh, trick and like maybe his dick is wet, but it's like stuck on a uh, exposed sprinkler system or something. <laughs> and they start pulling it off and it just stretches longer. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they just have to take some boiling water and pour it on. His... Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I'm hurt. Uh, guys, what do you guys think? Oh, why does he need lose help? Yeah. Well, <laughs> tweet at Steve at gmail.com. <laughs> exactly. Well, Craig, some trivia, though, about that fish. Yeah. Uh, they're an actual parasitic catfish, uh, commonly known as a candiro fish, also known as a canero, toothpick fish, or vampire fish, which can be found in South American countries such as Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. All right. I'm making sure I don't visit those countries anytime soon. Yep. And just in case you do, rolling around in the snow is not actually a cure, but uh, surgery might be. All right. Well, after all the dudes have exposed their genitals to the snow, Bart is the only dude inside the water park there where he's enjoying the upstream extreme ride all to himself. That's awesome. But suddenly a cold chill blows through the window, broken in the chaos. A raccoon steps in into the water park and snacks on a discarded piece of bread. Water park employee, squeaky voice teen, sees the varmint and declares a bio breach. And he breaks the emergency glass to retrieve a pink taser. He changes the settings from rambunctious tot to boozy Australian and then finally to meth mom. He zaps a raccoon who is stunned and falls into a nearby pool. Lisa is also stunned that nobody's doing anything to save the raccoon, while Homer stands behind her, naked, aside from a small bit of snow covering his sex and bathroom organs. Lisa takes a pool skimmer, fishes out the trash panda, and attempts to save its life. I think Homer's got some serious shrinkage going on there because uh, it's not a lot of snow. <laughs> yeah, uh, where his legs are, there should be some testicles there. One would think, yeah. But again, shrinkage. Right. That's from what we've learned on uh, the Jerry Seinfeld television program. Yes, the Seinfeld Chronicles. All right, Steve, let's play that clip. No heartbeat. Finally, a chance to use my online CPR training. <laughs> Lisa has a boyfriend. Lisa has a boyfriend. Oh, a boyfriend? And raccoons are such good providers. Come on, come on. You have so much more trash to eat. Steal one more breath, noble bandit. <coughs> it worked. I saved you. Oh, my first rescue and my first real kiss. She'd have chosen me if I was wearing a real bathing suit. <laughs> For once, a life saved at a Springfield water park where a quick-thinking second grader performed emergency CPR on a drowning nuisance animal while dozens of unheroic onlookers just stood around. Where was Channel 6 News? Filming gas pumps and their ever-changing prices. Which accomplishes what? I don't know. There's eight minutes left. Uh, did we do gas prices? Yes! Oh, Camp Brockman. I love that uh, joke. We of, love Ken Brockman. That joke of uh, you think the uh, the newscast is over. We got eight minutes left. Literally, and he's like, "Do we do the the gas thing?" And it's like that's literally what you just said. Uh, also, uh, I love uh, Nelson. Um, yeah, jealous. Uh, 
of a raccoon episode. Yeah. I mean, they're good providers, Steve. It's true. And I do like the fact that he had like the the first gag of him not wearing a real bathing suit, wearing underpants. But then he walks away and it's a rental. (laughs) So that means that he went to the park commando and he had to like borrow used underpants. Why does he just wear his uh, just his shorts, you know? Yeah. Is he afraid that Bart will eat them? Yeah. Bart loves eating shorts. No offense to the if any of our listeners were the kids in the underwear at the public pool. Yeah. I feel bad for you. Yeah, me too. But a lot of times, I mean, maybe it was always like the kid just forgot their swim trunks. Like if it was like a party or whatever. Mm-hmm. This would be a funny uh, impractical jokers bit or whatever. Like <laughs> they have to go to a public pool and they have to be the whitey kid with the whitey tighties. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot my bathing suit, so I'm just going to wear the whitey tighties. <laughs> But it just seemed like an adult do it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he has like water wings on, on the arm too. Yeah. <laughs> He's got one of those like goggle snorkel things. Right. The combo. Yeah. And a pail with a shovel. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Lisa made out with the raccoon. That's right. Her first real kiss. Anyway, so we head over to Springfield Elementary where the children are praising Lisa. Uh, Ralph says that he saw her on the picture radio. <laughs> and uh, Millhouse is impressed because they cry on her name and refer to her as local girl. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Nelson you know, he gets a little flirty growl to his former lover, Lisa, while Miss Hoover offers some something more. The chance to look after Nibbles. We all remember Nibbles. He's the classroom hamster. That's right. Yeah. But uh, she wants uh, Lisa to watch over Nibbles there during spring break. And uh, the teacher explains that she would take Nibbles with her, but she's going to be doing jello shots with former students. Which is kind of weird because like if a high school teacher were to say that, that's a little creepy. Okay. No, think about it though. It's like, no, high school, like, so let's say, you know, only, you know, like four years passed. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's a she's gonna do it with former second grade students, <laughs> right? Who look like adults, or you know, theoretically, gonna be doing uh, jello shots with uh, third graders because they're still former. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> How old do you think uh, Miss uh, Hoover is? Like, what do you? I think she's early forties. Wow, yeah. If you were to cast Hoover in a live action, who would you cast? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, I'm looking at her now, like. Kristen Wiig. That's a that's not a bad call. I was gonna say Catherine Hahn. Hmm. But she might be a better uh Krabappel. Oh yeah, that'd be a good Krabappel. Yeah. See, I I'm thinking now that maybe Hoover's a little bit. Uh, oh, she does. Maybe she's a little bit younger. I'm gonna say she's in her late twenties. Okay. For some reason, I don't know. Maybe. So I'll cast uh that one lady that did that one thing. Oh yeah, she's good. Lisa's gonna spend uh, spring break going wild with some responsibility, while Nelson's father will be spending time in a cage. Much like nibbles <laughs> but uh in the car lisa excitedly tells her mother about the events of her day but like any simpsons member they ignore their daughter lisa because oh. marge is more concerned what's going on with traffic we're not talking about steve winwood here and for saving that raccoon i got the opposite of teasing i bet the germans have a word for it like a gestrunken platzen or something <laughs> i wish the germans had a word for this terrible traffic and so ends the moment being about me What's going on, Chief? Oh, nasty car crash. Can't let traffic through until the cleanup crew mops up this mess. Which is a problem because they are stuck in traffic behind you. (laughs) Okay, who did that? We need to get home. I left my father-in-law on the sofa. He's gotta be turned. Yeah, well, that ain't gonna happen. Not unless you clean up this accident scene. (laughs) Actually, seriously, could you do that? I'm one of those people who doesn't like being traumatized by horrifying sights. March, do you know why I became a cop? 
If you do, could you tell me? Because it's, it's really dangerous. But, but these crime scene cleanups, they're totally safe. All the bad people are dead or uh, at large. So give it a shot. Please, please, Mom. I like how he calls your mom there. Wiggins is all kind of funny in that clip. And I also like Marge's line of, I'm, uh, I'm one, <laughs> one of those people. Of those people. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, but in the beginning of the clip, they're talking about German words. And unfortunately, Gerstunkenplanzen is not a real German word. But uh, Schrecklicher <laughs> Werker does translate to terrible traffic. Oh, there we go. Uh, so Marge dutifully uh, dons her cleaning bandana and gets to work using a mop and a toilet brush to clean up the horrific car crash. Uh, after a few moments, the scene is all cleared of all cars and victims, <laughs> and she even made the homeless guy look nice. Still crazy, though. Everything is spick and span. Wiggum, impressed, uh, offers an open invitation to Marge, as they're always looking for someone to uh, crime scene cleaner uppers. The chief explains that crime always pays as you get to keep any money you find, as well as any jewelry that isn't monogrammed, such as the uh, Fug Life chain that's around the chief's neck. And so on the other side of town, uh, Lisa heads to Lionel Budgie, DVM, which as the sign points out, is not the DMV. That's across <laughs> the street. Uh, Lisa enters the veterinarian's office with uh, nibbles as, as she meets the doctor, who's uh, played by the returning guest star, Michael York. Hello, little girl. Oh, does your hamster have Tizer's disease? That would have been interesting, but I swabbed him for Tizer's and it came up negative. My, you certainly know a lot about animals. That's just it. I do. I saved a raccoon's life the other day. It was the best feeling I've ever had. Is there any way I could work in your office? I mean, as an intern or anything? Oh, do you know how many people walk in here every day looking for just such a thing? A lot, I bet. No, it's never happened. Grab a clean smock and follow me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't find a clean smock. Then your first job is to clean the smocks. I'm ready, Dr. Budgie. Oh, it's a shame to ruin such a clean smock, but uh, let's go. Oh, I said it before. I'll say it again, Steve. I just love when Michael York does that voice. Yeah, it's great. It's so soothing. Like, I want him to, like, read, uh, like, me bedtime stories in that voice yeah he should do uh the night before christmas in that voice oh yeah I, or like good night moon that but also what if he did the raven your favorite uh, edgar Allan <laughs> Poe poem and your favorite treehouse of horror clip that's right it's so good so creative hello steve see i can't really do it kind of sounds like david attenborough yeah uh i love uh i love a uh, michael york yes and so this episode is actually the first canonical appearance of Dr. Budgie um, and the Orville Redenbacher looking doctor uh, has also appeared in five more episodes including seasons 28's Pork and Burns which reviewed in our episode 109 um, and this is York's first appearance since 2006 in which he played Homer's assumed father in Homer's paternity coot which we discussed in episode 116 so wow. we got all the York even the new yep even the peppermint patty mm. Mm. i love also the uh the sign of uh dvm not the dmv that's across the street yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the good vet not that one leads lisa to the back where she finds a menagerie of animals uh we got a schooling pig bandaged uh, kitty cat and then one of my favorites is a horse with a hot water bottle on its head. <laughs> but at least it's in heaven, Steve. So uh, Barney comes in and he's looking for assistance uh, as his pet ferret has lost this terrible stink. Ooh. Well, we now know that uh, Springfield's not in California because I think it's against the law to have ferrets in California. Right. 
But Dr. Budgie seeks to jumpstart the old stink gland from the weasel there, and uh, he needs Lisa's help to restrain the critter. So after uh, belting that ferret down to the table, the good doctor, not that one, uses the defibrillator on the uh, to shock the stink back into the animal, and Lisa shouts, heaven! And then she notices the return of the stink. Oh, no. Did you ever uh, know anybody with a ferret? <laughs> Did you ever know anyone who... Uh resuscitated a ferret stink glands uh no i was never i was never a ferret guy or known a ferret guy i was in sixth grade i had a i knew a kid and his parents were kind of hippy dippy and he had a ferret and it would just kind of run around and he like just let it go all over him and like down his pants and stuff and like it was cute but i just i don't know they do smell bad it's not the only thing he got going down all over his pants well yeah yeah, no, I, I have no interest in ferrets, Steve. Like I said, there's ferret guys. It's like the same guys that have the snake guy or the, yeah. you know, probably wears a fedora. Yeah, one would presume. <laughs> Maybe with like a vest. It's like a whole vibe. Yeah. Listens to nothing but uh, uh, jazz music that was only produced from 1973 to 1976. And he needs that, uh, his snack of walnuts. His what? <laughs> his uh, his uh, walnut sack. Better yeah. his special snack. <laughs> he has a belt buckle, but the belt buckle has his name on it. Yeah. Like his name is like Pete. He has like a Japanese sex pillow. Oh, yeah. So we're kind of maybe just like describing comic book guy, aren't we? Pretty much, yeah. But like maybe it's his uh, cousin, Ferret Guy. <laughs> yeah, Ferret Ooh, we, guy. All right, we just created a new Simpsons character. Okay. Yeah. So Ferret Guy is, uh, he lives in Shelbyville, but because we don't know much, you know, well, we do learn about comic book guys passed a little bit don't we in a previous episode was it yeah i don't know if it's one that we reviewed or just in modern more modern episode that we talked about but yeah we'll say he has a, a brother yeah and then there's also comic book gay that's true so like there could be a whole albertson family <laughs> they should make a joke where one of his other brothers has a successful t- chain of uh grocery stores yeah called ralph <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, um, let's back to that show, Steve. All righty. Our uh, second act begins uh, as Le- Lisa's veterinary status has grown. She's attending to a uh, shaggy dog, Daisy, who needs veggie kibbles, kitty Chairman Meow, who can only have liquid due to an impending surgery, and no food for Mr. Snake until it sheds its skin. And then in a scene that I found incredibly gross, the assumed reptile turns out to be the shed skin, which falls to the ground as ash, and then we see the actual Mr. Snake slither about. I think snakes are icky. Um, Lisa loves her new position, but seeks a bigger challenge. Dr. Budgie, I'm really enjoying cleaning out these cages. No, really I am. But are there any jobs that are more exciting? Absolutely. You can hobble these crickets. We have a hungry chameleon who's slowing down with age, but he still loves the thrill of the hunt. Hmm, anything more life or deathy? I could take the animal's temperature. I know what that means, and I am up for it. Oh, Lisa, slow down. Do you know how many awkward courses I had to take before they let me put my arm inside a horse? I understand. I just feel like I could be doing more. Oh, you remind me of a certain young man growing up in Stratfordshire on Cornwell. He too is impatient, always thinking he could do more. Was that you? No. If that was me, I would have said me. This eager beaver had to leave veterinary school and become... Ah. A people doctor. Oh, man, that's one of my favorite lines there. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I love that that classic cliche, like, you know, I once knew a kid just like you that did this. (laughs) And Lisa just, that was you. No, if it was me, I would have said it was me. (laughs) 
it's such like a classic Simpsons joke. <sighs> yes. And it's and it's delivered so well by Michael York. I, yes. I, yeah, that was like <laughs> such a great line. Uh, back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, uh, Homer's on the couch watching <laughs> the NHL draft. Steve, I'm a hockey fan. Right. I'm not going to watch the NHL. Also, did they even air the NHL draft in America? <laughs> Probably not. I know they air. I know the NBA and NFL is a big, big deal. Yeah, but, but like even like the MLB draft probably isn't that exciting. No, God, like uh, it just seems like the most boring. Like I'd rather watch golf. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, actually that makes more sense. Um, hmm. I'd rather watch season eleven and beyond of The Simpsons than the drafts. <laughs> But anyway, so it's it's hilarious because Homer's all into it, right? And and it's mm-hmm. also it's the twenty seventh pick of the fourteenth round, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> the bottom of the not the bottom of the barrel, but you know all all those players are great, but it's just like who? But for yeah. some reason, Homer knows people because he's hopeful that the Phoenix Coyotes Coyotes well, there's not the Arizona Coyotes now will select uh Lubachek. Steve, <laughs> see everyone loves Lubachek. Lubachek's the best. Yeah, but sadly they go for uh Cedric. Uh, Bellinger, Bellinier's, Boyinier, Boyinier's. March steps in, saying that the house could use a new ceiling fan <laughs> because that old one appears to be less than safe. You know that ceiling fan that's been there forever, right? Oh, is that the, all in the living room? Was that the same ceiling fan though that Bart put is wearing uh, Grandpa's dentures on? That's right? true. Yeah, it is canonical. All right, the ceiling fan that appears when it needs to appear. So Homer argues that the fan is fine and uh, it saves on haircuts. So he grabs that little boy of his, Bart, and places his head underneath the uh, flickering motor and the spinning blades of the fan, giving him a trim. Uh, Bart is not uh, happy with the results, but misses the uh, social aspects that the barbershop can offer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm against that. I'd rather have my head up against the uh, fan than have to sit in the barber's chair. I literally love not having to. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of my things in this pandemic that uh, is uh, 100% over now. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, I haven't had a haircut in over a year. I look like a uh, white Jesus. <laughs> I should just say Jesus, like as the way white people depict him. Um, right. Except for that abs. I, <laughs> I, I turned all the holy water into wine and drank all that. So that's right. my kind of Jesus. Uh, I'm, more, I'm more Buddha than Jesus, Steve. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm Jesus on the top, Buddha on the bottom. <laughs> Jesus on the streets, Buddha in the sheets. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better, you know, that's serenity now, right? Yeah, exactly. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> you probably want to be a Ganesh in the sheets, though, right? With all his arms. It's true. And you got the trunk. So many hand jobs and a trunk job. That's great. I wouldn't want to be a uh, Muhammad because no one can see you. Right. And yeah, you go to the carnival and the guy can just like leave the paper blank because he can't draw a character of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Horrible. I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's the three. Oh, and Zenu. Hi, caramba! Anyways, the hockey draft continues, and Homer uh, still pins his hope that maybe the St. Louis Blues are taking Lubachek, but uh, Marge looks at the fan, and she gets uh, an idea. Springfield PD. PD. Police Department. Ha! I just got that. Chief, Chief, this is Marge Simpson. I think I'd like to do some of those crime scene cleanups. Oh, great, great. Hey, I got a job for you right here. Uh, Murder-suicide. Or possibly a suicide murder. Just bring a mop and your imagination. Hey, it can't be worse than what I've seen. Homer, I told you not to eat chili out of the colander. Uh, it's pronounced calendar. Okay, I think the suicide murder could be a thing. Because it's a hotel, right? 
Yeah. So what if the person that suicide themselves, like put the gun to their head, pulled the trigger, and then the bullet went out of their head into the another room, killing an innocent person? So that could be a suicide. Yeah. Murder. Or they could have just asked the person to like, hey, buddy, put your head next to mine. I had to do a thing here real quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, OK, I'll allow us to be graphic and morbid in this episode because this episode has some morbid shit in it. Yeah. You know, like the snake shedding, like you said. That's gross. <laughs> But anyway, so you put your head next to your friend. Yeah. And then you just like, hey, close your eyes. And you're gonna, it's going to feel like a sneeze. And then you pull the trigger and, you know, you get freedom and the other one does. It's a win-win. Or, I mean, lose-lose. Yeah. It seems so weird, though, like just touching heads. Yeah, that is gross. I don't like this. No, it's not for very long. Uh, Homer eating uh, chili out of the colander. The That's also... Oh, sorry. That's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like drips of meat bean juice, which means also that he either took it from a can to the colander or from a hot pan, <laughs> right. which both would be both better vessels. I, I, the only other thing I can think of is like he just cooked it on the stove with the colander, <laughs> so there's still like just drippy chili, everywhere. right? And there's just like a trail from the kitchen to the couch. Uh, you think that's dumb, but I swear I saw people on the east coast trying to fill up their uh. <laughs> the gas with colanders at the gas station yeah i think i saw it in florida we don't have a gas shortage yeah you gotta cover the holes ma that's what she said uh hey steve let's go back to the vet's office all righty lisa's pouring aphids on berries to entice the lizard to uh to eat but then dr buggy calls for her and then we see uh lisa there is excited to finally get some real animal care she uh finds that uh Dr. Budgie needs to give a shot to a St. Bernard, but his hands are a little too shaky because he had an extra gallon of a tea for lunch. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, Michael York asks Lisa if he could uh, attend to the needle and she holds the dog hound and uh, Lisa happily accepts the, the vet there. He gives a little warning to our Lisa. Oh, no. Careful, careful. A single millimeter either way would not make much of a difference. Huh, why am I not feeling the same rush I did with the raccoon? <laughs> there it is! All right, I have two things from this clip. Sure. The uh, millimeter joke was great again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like the old, uh, if it was me, I would have said me. <laughs> you know what's so funny is like I got my second vac shot. Like mm-hmm. the first time I did it, the lady like seemed really tired, which she probably was because it was like late in the afternoon and she just looked frazzled. And I remember her like just hesitating and like took longer than it needed to for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, then my, and then my second shot, it was a, a, a guy and I swear he probably was like maybe a doctor or something like that because he had uh, the bedside manner because he even like was just like, hey, how's it going? And he mentioned something like my shirt that I was wearing. And, uh, you know, because at first I'm like, I, you know, awkwardly like, uh, how do you want me to do this? Because like, I'm like, do you need me to get out of the car? Because I did one of the drive throughs But I was right. on the passenger side. And he's like, no, I got it. Just cleans it. And he's like, Psh-psh. I'm like, okay, when are you going to do it? And he's like, all right, you're done. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, I didn't feel like he had like, he's, it just seemed like he just knew what he was doing. Yeah. So what about you? What was your shots? Did you have like fast? Um, I think I had nurses both times. And the first one was, was fairly quick. And the second one was ridiculously fast. Like, I didn't even know. That was happened. me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I like, I was like, hey, are you I, sure? <laughs> yeah. I, I said, hey, I'm not real comfortable with needles. So she's like, don't worry. Nobody is. It would be weird if you were. <laughs> 
uh, we'll do this together. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, okay, we're done. I'm like, wow, that was really, really painless. Like we make a good team. I was like, yeah, I did the work. And now you know what every woman you slept with feels like. (laughs) Where's my quick trick and then i'm out the door except i have to wait 15 minutes to make sure i don't die first <laughs> you get a 10 percent off your groceries of 200 dollars or more at safeway yeah some weed I... stores will give me a free joint because i <laughs> did it yeah weird okay um what was the... oh the other thing too speaking of needles did you feel like there was like some sort of weird like shooting up like heroin reference when like she puts the needle in the dog and then all of a sudden she feels the euphoria like we're watching train spotting and a little bit yeah <laughs> like is that what is this referencing here i don't know could be i mean i guess it is because she does get high helping animals yeah i mean it's uh it's how you do like she gets that's some people get high with drugs she gets high off of helping people and animals freak Ugh, yeah do gooder uh well speaking of doing good sort of uh later that evening marge heads to the sleep easy uh, motel, often read as Sleazy Motel, uh, which offers rooms by the week, the hour, and by the minute. She's there to clean a crime scene that resulted from the worst angel dust for gun swap Lou the Cop has ever seen. But Marge figures a mess is a mess. She walks into the motel room and finds a drawer full of cash and a gun behind the bed. As she sets to work, a drop of blood falls from the ceiling. Then several more drops of blood. Then a large intestine. Then a human heart. And finally, a human foot that's been severed. Uh, so Marge decides to start the job by cleaning that filthy, filthy crime scene tape. It's another gruesome scene there. Yeah. You know how the uh, slogan of the sle- sleazy motel is uh, the room is by the week, the hour, or the minute? Mm-hmm. I have an idea, Steve. It's going to be, All right. a, uh, we're going to open our own little uh, hotel. It's going to be themed. It's going to be a Friends, the TV show Friends-themed uh, motel. And our model be rooms by the day, the month, the week, or even a year. <laughs> I like it. And you know, you have the you'll have a uh, Monica's apartment or uh, the Chandler's apartment. Oh yeah, the, the 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 Ross apartment. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm not a big Friends fan, but this would be a money maker. <laughs> oh yeah, people would definitely do this. I mean, they were they did a pop up uh, Central Park in LA yeah. one time. Well, the that lobby really would well. de- yeah, the lobby would be Central uh, Central Park themed restaurant. Right. I mean, really, Ross like. Russ had an apartment, like a couple different apartments, right? Like one, he didn't he take the naked guy's apartment? Yeah. And so he was across. Yeah, he was across the street. Here's what I would do. I I would just do any. We've been we were in Phoebe's apartment a couple of times, but they're not as iconic as Joey and Chandler's and Monica and Rachel's. Right. But what you would do is you'd have have both floors in each room on one side would be you know, Monica and Chandler, Monica and, well, yeah, eventually Monica and Chandler's. Yeah. And that would be like the Chandler's apartment. Right. And then so you it. do want to go kind of early seasons where yeah. it was clearly like Rachel and uh, Monica and then Joey and Chandler. Oh, I, man, we would make so much money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, we wouldn't. Uh, the uh, owners of Friends would make so much <laughs> <Right>. money. <laughs> Peacock TV would make a little bit more money. Yeah. And you know what sells itself too? Because like maybe, maybe uh, uh, two months out of the year, They'll film a reality show called Real Friends. Ooh. So they can have like real gals in one and real guys in another. Yeah. And, and then they like get a, to meet a meet. I like this. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So real life friends. <laughs> put it in Vegas. You know, you have like the Central Park and like, you know, and then the rest is like casino. 
Right, because there is a friend's uh, slot machine. Oh, man. So that could like obviously tie into that. All right, yeah. call uh, whoever owns friends, Steve. Uh, we got a pitch for them. Yeah, and actually it could be at the site or near the Caesar's Palace because they went there. Oh, yeah. When they had that episode. Welcome to the Friends Podcast, episode 394. We're a couple of annoyed Ross boys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there for you. <laughs> Should we talk about that The Simpsons? <laughs> this joke be any longer <laughs> uh, uh so oh yeah we're at the vet's office yeah so lisa she's at the counter reading uh mouse beautiful it's and then uh it's a magazine steve i subscribe um our favorite sea captain arrives looking for dr buggy's help with his goldfish Yar is the doctor in miss little goldie here is listing hard to starboard uh, i fear he may have tangled with the wrong plastic diver hmm could be fin rock oh no not the big fr do what you must i'll say my goodbyes you were more wife to me than any woman i ever knew Captain, the diagnosis of fin rot is not the death sentence it used to be a couple drops of medicine in the water and he'll be fine Mm. Yar, that's amazing. Uh, I've just got one more little problem. Captain McAllister's seamen then roll in a wheelbarrow containing a giant squid that ate his car keys. But before we go on, did he have sex with that fish? <laughs> Treated him better than a wife would, so yes. I've heard of a uh, fish in the penis, but a penis in the fish. Wasn't that uh, one of uh, Dr. Seuss's band books? Red fish, two fish, penis fish, blue fish, <laughs> B-L-E-W. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of that goldfish, I really, I know most of the animals have been doing a good job of uh, adhering to the graining rule of animals being animals. Sure. And not having human characteristics. But the goldfish, after it's cured, like waves to Lisa. It's really adorable. It really is. All oh, the animals in this episode are very cute. I just want someone to get an, uh, an animated gif of the goldfish waving. <laughs> Yeah, that, that'd be really good. I also like how every medicine in the veterinarian just like cures instantaneously. Right. It's just like, boop, Dr. Uh, Budgie knows his stuff. Yeah. What if all the drugs was just like methamphetamines? <laughs> I'm still I'm dying, but I'm real happy about it. Uh, so back to your uh, penis fucking question. He treats his fish like a wife. Do you think uh, back in the day, uh, Troy McClure and uh, <laughs> Captain got together and just like went to town on some fish? Yeah, they're just like. Like sexually, not they would never eat them. No, they're like, we're going fishing, wink, <laughs> going deep sea fishing. The deep sea, it, yeah. the C stands for. Um, about the car key problems with the uh, squid, I would just wait for it to pass. Yeah. I don't know what uh, squid feces looks like, but yeah. it, I, it can't be that bad. Uh, also, the squid has gigantic cartoon eyes. I know. <laughs> That's not how squid eyes work, right? No, I think they have tiny eyes. Krusty then rushes in with his primate sidekick, Mr. Teeny. It seems that Mr. Teeny's lungs are full of seltzer. Lisa gives the monkey the Heimlich maneuver, causing seltzer to go from his mouth into Krusty's. Uh, the clown passes out and Mr. Teeny runs off, then grabs a seltzer bottle to smack Krusty upside the head and then runs off again. <laughs> that was hilarious, the, uh, <laughs> squeezing the seltzer out into Krusty's mouth. I thought that uh, when Mr. Teeny came back, I thought he was just going to squirt more seltzer <laughs> in his mouth. But the fact that he just like bashes his head with yeah. the seltzer bottle, I think is way funnier. It's a great uh, visual <laughs> gag. But uh, back at the Simpsons household, uh, Marge asks Homer if he notices anything different. And then uh, Homer's trademark uh, Terminator-like scanner 
he, he's used it before, you know, his mm-hmm. scanning things. Uh, he examines to see if maybe uh, she's changed her hair, dress, and maybe shoes. But the monitor um, on her irritation level is in likelihood of snuggling uh, unsure. Anyway, so Homer asks Marge if she's having an affair. So she says <laughs> no. And he points out, uh, she points out the new ceiling fan. Ooh, I thought the air felt a little more lively. But where did you get the money? Actually, I made a little extra by cleaning up crime scenes. What? Poor Marge. I heard that can really mess you. Oh, baby, that cool air is sweet. Up. Are you sure you're not living a waking nightmare? No, not one little bit. And I get the police discount on cleaning supplies. I can finally clean Grandpa's dentures. Yeah, I got popcorn in there from Kramer versus Kramer. I was rooting for Kramer, but was dismayed when Kramer finally won. That's a twist I didn't see, Kramer. Grandpa and his ramblings. Ah, uh, Kramer. He was great on Seinfeld. And nothing more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, those mysteries, the uh, Michael... Kramer mysteries, Michael Richards mysteries had endless possibilities. Don't forget, he he actually was fun in uh, UHF. Oh yeah, that's true. And uh, I remember I went to a comedy club in LA a few years ago, and you were really laughing at what he was saying. I just I, he really spoke to the audience. Jesus, I'm sorry, <laughs> we're not gonna be playing that. Alrighty. Well, we then head to the House of Prince, not uh, from Minnesota, but you know Martin Prince. Yeah. Where a banner hangs that says Martin. You and this banner are one year older. Happy birthday, uh, which is a great banner to have. In the backyard, Nelson, holding a large box, uh, asks the birthday boy, Martin, where the gift table is. Martin points Nelson in the right direction, and the vested bully opens his gift box, which happens to be empty, and then loads up gifts from other children, which got me to thinking. Hmm. So, you know, you've often had this theory about Nelson and Martin eventually you know, becoming life partners. And this could be the beginning of something. I mean, I know that they were team members in uh, Lemon of Troy, but uh, Nelson's right now is feeling so rejected by Lisa. And so he goes to Nelson's or to Martin's party and maybe his uh, bullying and gift stealing is his way of flirting with the young bookworm. Like he doesn't know how to handle his emotions, but he wants to get close to uh, Martin. So just a thought. Oh, Steve. Thank you. No, I think you're right. It's it's the beginnings of a... of a future love that will Young never be. love. All right. Well, a stamp of approval of Ken for that. Uh, write that episode, Steve. Will do. I'm I'm on it. Wait, does then Nelson give back the presents that he stole years oh, later? A, yeah, I think that like maybe when they're moving in together, it's like, oh wait, yeah, you were supposed to get that for your tenth birthday. You know how they always do? Yeah, you know how they always do like Bart and Lisa Simpsons episodes of the like you know future episodes where they're in the future. Mm-hmm. I'll say future more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's just do one episode where it's just Martin and Nelson. Yeah, they just have a house together and it's their life. I'd like to see that. And then, you know, one dies at the end. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it seems a little dark, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's a uh, suicide murder. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Turns out this whole time that Nelson wasn't gay. He just wanted to pull the ultimate prank on Martin. <laughs> the Jeez. prank of love. Slow con of 20 years of intimacy and... <sighs> But then Martin re- or Nelson realized that that was a jerk move, so he that's why he wants to kill himself. Right. Oh my god, this is dark. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Lisa and Bart are in the petting zoo portion of the party. Bart misses the rental strollers of a regular zoo, but Lisa is taken uh, by the fact that the animals are so healthy. But uh, Bart calls out his sister for her overconfidence. The animals are healthy. A couple of paddock scrapes, but nothing overly concerning. Oh, knock it off. You're not a vet. You're a glorified cage scrubber. Doc- 
Dr. Budgie depends upon me. I have felt the cold breath of kennel cough in my face. I have seen tabbies that were more tick than cat. I know why the cage dog scoots. So when your lizard loses its tail, you're gonna need me to tell you it's gonna grow back. <sighs> Want some peanuts, Mr. Elephant? Uh, it's a goat, not an elephant, and those are shrimp, not peanuts, and that goat is allergic to shrimp. Your breath smells like, don't drink that. Me? Millhouse, give me your EpiPen. You're not a professional. I am a self-selected, unpaid veterinary intern. Now let me practice my craft. Bart in this episode, you know, he's making good points in this. He is. And yeah. He's being more responsible than uh, Lisa, I think. It's true. Because he's just trying to like be, you know, he's trying to be fair. Yeah. I think the clip of Ralph giving the shrimps to the goat and... Uh, <laughs> I think it's funnier audio than visual for some reason. Yeah, it is very funny. <laughs> I was laughing listening to that. How did he find out his goat was allergic to shrimp? I... Yeah, it's very confusing. Like, I mean, goats will eat anything. But right, they'll eat a tin can. We're also been good in this episode, too. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, funny, heavy hitters. Yeah. Also, the EpiPen again, magical. Yeah. But, but that was that wouldn't have been the the doc, the vets. You know, that's actually. Oh, no. Uh, Millhouses. Yeah. I thought that was going to play more into it. Like I thought, like, honestly, I thought what was going to happen was like uh, Millhouse was going to eat some of the cake and he was going to there was something in that and he was suffocating uh, and like he was going to die because <laughs> he didn't have his heavy because Lisa had to save a goat. That would actually be very funny. It would be a very it'd be a fun, like uh, moral discussion about saving animals versus saving people. You know, if a Schwarzwater wrote this episode, that's probably what it would have been about. Yeah. And it would have ended with the NRA solving it. Right. And the kids just all light up a cigarette and say, fucking environmentalism. There we go. <laughs> uh, so Lisa stabs the EpiPen into the goat and the uh, barnyard animal heads uh, turns back to normal as it bleats with excitement. The goat then happily jumps around, knocking several children onto their little butts. <laughs> uh, Lisa declares that life and death is her choice. And then Martin goes to cut his birthday cake, but the uh, goat rams through it and sends Martin to the ground. How many damn birthday does Martin have, by the way? I know. And what little boy has a tea set? A lucky boy. <laughs> Anyways, late at night, Marge is in bed, stone faced, sipping on some uh, wild clown bourbon. <laughs> Very fun visual gag. Um, but Homer steps in wearing some uh, some fuck socks. Is that what they're called? I think so. Yeah. Guess what, sweetie? I'm wearing my snuggle socks. They're compression socks from your heart surgery. All the same. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. What? You've never said that before. I've fought it three times. Each time was after a burrito eating contest. But I won! What's wrong? It's just that seeing you lying down reminds me of this bloated corpse I had to clean up today. Hey, I look damn good for someone who eats the crap I do. Maybe we should just go to sleep. It wasn't done with my drink. Would you like my itty bitty booze light? Steve, do you have a itty bitty booze light? I do. I drink in the dark like a normal person. That way I can't see the pain. The pain's inside you. <laughs> it's been inside me all along. All right. So can we go back to the uh, Dr. Budgie's office? 
Sure. He's napping in his chair, and Lisa looks over at one of uh, Mr. Burns' hounds. Uh, the, the pup there, he's listless and has lost the urge to kill. Um, Lisa points out it's all the fault of one Montgomery Burns. The dog's behind in his shots, resulting in an onset uh, parvo, Steve. Oh, no. And uh, Lisa takes custody of the hound and kicks Mr. Burns out of the office, and he calls for Smithers to, to get him a thimble of ice cream to comfort his shame. And Bart appears asking his sister some questions that we kind of raised already. Some people don't deserve to own pets. And you get to decide who? Don't fold your arms at me. Please, look at yourself. You've become so arrogant you've forgotten who you are. And even worse, you've forgotten Nibbles. Oh, Nibbles! My pet, my responsibility, my homework. <gasps> Matted hair, dry tongue. Is this true, Lisa? Did you let this happen to a creature in your care? I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Pet hamsters need to be played with regularly, or they feel abandoned. And that can lead to stress polyps on the heart. The heart is the seat of love, Lisa. If you'd gone to veterinary school, you'd know that. I've got no choice but to operate, and I need your help. You still want me to help you after I was so arrogant? Lisa, arrogance is what made the British Empire. Then lost it. Then pretended it didn't happen. Well, we've done all we can. The next 24 hours will be crucial. Oh, he's gone. The hat trick of the uh, sudden joke, I guess, there. Yeah, uh, it, it's just so well, so well constructed. I have another question. So Bart knew about Nibbles and Lisa was supposed to be taking care of it. Was Bart just being a kind of a dick and like letting Nibbles like slowly die? Like he couldn't like, very... he was concerned like for Lisa's like responsibility and maybe can, but no concern for Nibbles. Like just, uh, I'm going to let Nibbles die. So Lisa learns a lesson. It's kind that's, of a fucked that's up a, lesson. That's a very good point. Cause you know, you're talking about, uh, how Bart was being noble in this episode and kind of doing the right thing and saying things that make sense. But no, he's just being an asshole and let's lording it over his sister. Like he could have, you know, taken care of nibbles and then taken the moral high ground and been like, you know, you think you're such a uh, veterinarian, but I'm the one taking care of this, this hamster, but no, he just lets it die. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Shame on you, Bart. And I'm someone who's not a big fan of hamsters, but nibbles look so helpless. I know, he's so cute. And this is a character we've known and loved for many years. That's now, right. Now Nibbles is dead, Steve. <sighs> like my love of you. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> these things happen. So Lisa cries out as Nibbles flatlines. She thought every animal could be saved uh, if she only cared enough. But <sighs> uh, back at home, Homer's showing Marge cute uh, MyTube videos to make her feel again. One of the video shows of a baby laughing every time a toaster pops. Uh, Homer finds the toast to be hysterical. Marge just thinks it's nice. Because something is dead inside of her. And that's one uh, crime scene that you just can't clean up. Was it all worth it for the stupid refreshing ceiling fan? Homer wants his wife back. Suddenly, Homer's cell phone rings. It's Bart. Homer then tells Marge to sit back with the boob tube, having a beer. But that's not how he does things. <laughs> uh, he needs to go help Lisa. A moment passes, and Marge snaps out of her daze. Uh, Lisa needs help, and her mother is going to give it to her. Uh, so the house phone rings, and no one's in the room to answer it. So Chief Wiggum is trying to reach Marge for another crime scene cleanup. But since there's no answer, the police will take the matter into their own hands. 
and they uh, open the door of an old building and you know shining style the blood pours out hey we had a shiny reference last week didn't we yeah and raccoons right that's true okay anyway so clancy calls for the paper towels as the chainsaws float on by um and then the examination room lisa sits uh mournfully there and uh, marge enters to comfort lisa lisa Oh, Mom, he trusted me as only a hamster can. <laughs> if there's one thing I'll always clean up, it's my baby's tears. <gasps> <gasps> you would have never oh, let anything happen to him. I was too busy being went, dead inside doing balls. I don't know what. But I'm here now, and I'll never leave. <laughs> well, I'll be. Lisa's learning about death helped Marge feel again. Yes, a perfect dovetail. Thank you for curing Walter Pigeon here. I can't afford to pay you, but I can give you front row seats to my magic show. The theme is boxing. Sounds marvelous. Oh, yeah, I know. Come on, it is. That was a sweet moment, though. Yeah, a nice way just to wrap up the episode, right? <laughs> yeah, even uh, Dr. Budgie's like, a dovetail, how perfect. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Well, Steve, we go to Springfield Elementary where Lisa thanks the audience for attending Nibble's funeral, but she's interrupted by a PA announcement. This is President Cal A. Bunga. On this sad occasion, the school flag will be flying at half-assed. Bart! <sighs> I know that this is an especially hard time for the other classroom pets, including Mrs. Nibbles, Shelly the Turtle, Sally Mander, Hamilton Fish, and Willie's Chicken. Willie, where is your chicken? It was either him or me. I see. Please stand for Nibbles' final journey. I love the uh, salamander. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Willie's chicken is funny because they, don't they have a Willie's chicken in Universal Studios? Never been, Steve. You have. <laughs> You're right. Somebody makes chicken and it's not like a, somebody that you'd think. Willie Nelson? <laughs> That's it. Um, also, Hamilton Fish, I feel like, was this name because Hamilton was a popular thing. It still is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah. it's on Broadway all the time now, right? Right. Every day. Every day. You can go right now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, by this episode airing, probably. <laughs> yeah, because we're moving so fast and, uh, you know, it's all safe and everything's over and it's all good. Nothing to worry about. Nope. As Willie plays Amazing Grace on his bagpipes, the coffin containing nibbles is carried off by four students, which is funny because... <laughs> You don't need a pole bear. No. Um, on the screen, a photo shows him eating a pellet in his cage, and uh, it reads, hamster, father, friend. Uh, the screen then shows a clip of his life from previous episodes, Skinner's Sense of Snow, and She of Little Faith, as well as other scenes such as Nibbles playing Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> uh, him as George Washington crossing the Delaware as a crew of frogs, a turtle, and a mouse use plastic forks as oars, and a nibble chewing on a piece of paper behind his desk as the first governor of New Hamster. Mm, that's great. Uh, we then see the hamster drive off into the sunset in his radio-controlled powered convertible as the text says, gone but not forgotten, replaced for $15.99. And uh, that's our episode. All right. That was a fun way to end this episode with fun remembrances of our nibbles. That's right. But, you know, nibbles is back in $15.99 form. That's uh, expensive for a hamster. I was thinking that. I'm like, that seems kind of expensive. Aren't they only like a dollar or something? I'm going to say, given inflation, I'm going to say they're $4.99. Let's, uh... I'll say six thirty-nine. dollars One penny. <laughs> Come on down. You get to play the hamsters right. Let's see. Can we go to Petco.com? You can. Wow. Small pet. Can you just order one 
on Amazon. <laughs> One hamster, please. Um, oh, it's in store only. <laughs> I don't want an overnight shipping. Just give me the. Yeah. Economy. It's just funny that they have like, it's an option. It's just an item that you can only buy in store. They're about 15 to $20. So it's age appropriate. Okay. But I haven't bought a hamster in a year. So I don't know and don't care. Yeah. All right, but I do care about Steve is taking a break and coming back and uh, finding what we thought of Lisa the Veterinarian. That sounds great. We'll be right back. All righty, Craig, we're back. Let's uh, finish up our conversation of Lisa the Veterinarian. We'll talk about our favorite visual gags, what we might want to put on it to or a t-shirt. We can talk about our favorite jokes, our MVJ, and what we thought of the episode. And then we can talk about what we're watching next week. Oh, Steve. So, Craig, uh, what uh, what are some of the visual things that uh, spoke to you visually? I think we said it. Well, you know, there's that opening scene with uh, at the water park there. And uh, we see a comic book guy with a Bartman tattoo. That's kind of fun. I want that logo on a shirt or tattoo. Yeah. I also want a bloody ceiling of kids <laughs> jumping up. And... How about all the uh, the dudes of Springfield naked with their junk in snow? There you go. How about all the guts that uh, fall from the ceiling and the, the march has to clean up? <laughs> How about the uh, all credit cards, great and small, accepted at the uh, uh, veterinarian clinic, except for Discover? It says all credit right. cards, great and small, not Discover. Nobody likes Discover. Nobody likes Discover. Um, but, um, you know, I think we'll be talked about, yeah, the, uh, the tattoo there. But you know what I would go with? Not a tattoo. Mm. No. Not a shirt, but oh. some enamel pins. Ooh. Yeah, I would get the Nibbles series of enamel pins where he's, you know, oh. uh, the first governor of New Hampshire. He's crossing the Delaware with the frogs. He's Atticus. Oh, Finn, man. Mockingbird. So that That's would be so good. So I want those as enamel pins as my wow. as my my product, of course. OK, so my product was going to be just a lame ass T-shirt. That was going to be a take on Martin's uh, banner that said, it's my birthday, this t-shirt and me are one year older, but you just blew that out of the water. The pins are the way to go. It's so much better. I like your shirt. It sounds easier to make. It's true, <laughs> but it's far less creative. Well, we don't know how to make enamel pins, so um, no, we'll figure it out someday. Wait for the master class. But for a joke, joke, joke. Oh, boy. You know, I got to say, I go with Michael York as the doctor. Uh, he had some great uh, just deliveries there. Yeah. Might be my favorite jokester. Also, Wiggum was great as long and also his son as as the pranksters there. Um, pranksters, <laughs> jokesters. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, one good uh, Kent Brockman scene. So, but my favorite joke of the, the episode. Hmm. hmm. Mostly mine were the visual ones, especially the, the kids again hitting their head. Yeah. I love the kid joke of Lisa. He said, I wasn't ready to get wet. Uh, when she was splashed on at the uh, water park, uh, Bart's you know doing the uh, cow a bunga. That's another yeah. That's that's good. I like cow a bunga. Yeah. I'll back for it too. In the second scene though, he he like announced that he was president cow a bunga. Was he president of the pool still or <laughs> president of the and school? He just happened to be at the school or is he? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't or is know. he the president of the nation? Is yeah. is cow a bunga the? at the time 46th <laughs> president of the united states yeah i was about to say the captain of the america that we call the uh, steve president. rogers yeah how about you what was your favorite joke oh 
Um, I, yeah, I think I agree with you that, uh, Dr. Budgie had all the fun lines, the, uh, millimeter shot joke, the, uh, yeah, that stream, um, is like I knew an old man. Yeah. Yeah. That you're right. That the, uh, bloody children was very funny. <laughs> now say that in the British accent, you'll sound, you'll sound more intelligent. The yeah. bloody children, Those bloody children's things, but this, uh, yeah, this episode was just loaded with fun. Um, you're right. Wiggum. Uh, I like him calling Marge mom. I think it's funny when people call women who aren't their mother, mom. <laughs> So we all probably had that uh, incident in school where we call our teachers. Mom. Oh, yeah, I probably did. I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember either. I don't know if it was a cartoon or a real thing, but I remember somebody called the cafeteria lady mom <laughs> and everyone made fun of them. I feel like that might have been from a TV show that I watched. Like The Simpsons or something. Like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, uh, Michael York is my MVJ. I just think that his acting is so good. You're right. His voice is just comforting. And the way that they wrote him to do these classic kind of Simpson format lines is just really good. This like felt like maybe not like the most historic episode. I'm just going to get into my review, I guess. Oh, but, Steve. But uh, just uh, full of fun. And it's like not like the most uh, important episode that we've ever watched but it's a fun way to spend 22 minutes the jokes are solid um the way the story dovetails might feel a little cheap but it's good i think it's uh, a lot of fun i just think that this is an episode that i would recommend watching um it was great to see the life and times of nibbles it's great that that little guy got to uh, spend so much time doing so many great things and uh the average lifespan of a hamster is about like three years. Bitty so bitty. I'm going to give this episode two years and eight months. Oh, three years. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty good score. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this episode was fun. And um, it's a more recent episode. Yes. So uh, that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. I think that's good because we were worried last week that we were biased against the early episodes. And here we show that, no, it's not the case. And you're right, the ending, too, is one of those abrupt endings like, all right, well, this just solves it. And it does work. I think they did enough funny in the whole episode where they were allowed to have a, a quick ending like that. Yeah. The uh, DuckTales ending, as you like to call it. Woo! It seems like every <laughs> this sounds stupid. <laughs> it's like, it seems like all the, the characters had fun. <laughs> It's like, true, though. It's like uh, Bart read the script. It's like, yeah, I, I like this one. No, yeah, not, I'm not saying this. Nancy wrote this, read the script. I'm saying Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Bart's like, yeah, that's cool. I get to drink in, an, in a scene. This is fun. They're people, Steve, not cartoons. They're right. They're people. real people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I would give this episode. Let's see here. Uh, Michael York. How old do you think Michael York is, Steve? Oh, he's got to be 65. I don't know. He never made it past 30, Steve. Oh. Because of Carousel. Logan's Run. That's right. Uh, he is a, He's 79 as of now. Okay. So out of 79, we'll give this guy an old uh, 69. Nice. <laughs> We're going to 69 Michael York. <laughs> no, no, I, I enjoy this film. Um, definitely would recommend. Um, and I would watch it again. So there we go. Do with that knowledge that you need to do with, Steve. There you go. Do you think that we possibly could uh, have another good episode next week? Well, I would like to hope so, but I just don't know. And the only way that we can find out is with that good old Wheel of Random. Let's give it a, si a spin <laughs> to see what uh, season we are in. Boop, boop. We have season 23. Season 23. Alrighty, let's give it a spin to see which episode we are watching.
Woohoo! Episode 13. Season 23, episode 13. Why, that's The Daughter Also Rises. What happens, Craig? Well, Marge and Lisa plan for a mother-daughter Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it takes turn for the worse when Lisa falls head over heels for a... Uh, uh, intellectual romantic uh, uh, guest star. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a character, but uh, Michael Sarah. Huh, fun. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, Barton Millhouse investigates Springfield Elementary's uh, legends. Interesting. Uh, Craig, do you remember this episode? Sounds vaguely familiar for some reason. Like, uh, maybe I'm thinking of another episode where Bart befriends a bully. Didn't we do that one? Or I think so. an older, not a bully, but a guy that was just like Bart. Wasn't that like Seth Rogen or something? Or no, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But wasn't that the one that Seth Rogen, I think, and Evan goldberg did right maybe no that's the one where homer maybe it's the same episode where homer gets uh becomes a kid again nope that's the jet after episode <laughs> okay well look at us here we're all confused here we should be watching the daughter also rises what we just talked about yeah was, uh originally aired february 12th 2012 212 2012 <laughs> i'm a broken robot um but we got michael Sarah, and we have the mythbusters playing themselves yeah written by rob lezebnik good old familiar. friend yeah, familiar. All right. Well, you can also, uh, besides watching that show, you can also support our podcast by going to like tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys to uh, pick up some merch and uh, contact us on the social medias like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, you can go to your favorite podcatching app and leave us five stars or the review or just review. Leave us a review or a question or whatever you want. You can uh, just talk about how your favorite penis fish lives. All right. Well, for this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, keep reaching for the skis. Don't eat chili out of a calendar. Would you like my itty bitty penis?